Flotsam and Jetsam, a Ferrochrome podcast. Good afternoon, Jennifer. Oh, thank you. And good afternoon to you, Cheryl. I thought I would try and be very professional today. Oh, what's changed? <laughs> I, well, not much really, but um, I, uh, I wanted to talk to you about how you got into the into the uh, into your job market how how did you first get to where you are now did you intend to do what you do now way back then do you see a trajectory of jobs that you've had <laughs> I love the way you say trajectory no the simple answer would be no what I do now is completely different than what I thought I seem to find every few years I get bored with what I'm doing. Mm. And I, I feel like, okay, I've gone up that hill of learning. I now can do it. Now what's next? No. And uh, it's always been that way. Although when I was little, what I really wanted to be was a school teacher and then travel. Oh. And so my first real job Mm -hmm. was a elementary school teacher, which I did Mm. for three years. That, was and that your first, first, first job, really? No, it wasn't my... Well, it wasn't my first income-producing activity. <laughs> well, if you're going to... Yes, let's be more specific. <laughs> what was your first income-producing activity, then? Well, other than the weekly chores, yeah. where I'd get my 10 cents allowance <gasps> every week, um, I would say my first proper job was babysitting. Mm-hmm. And then the first uh, job that went beyond the neighborhood Mm -hmm. was working in a bakery, a bakery that still exists. Mm. And uh, do you feel like you have a hand in why it still exists? I would like to think so. Good. Yeah. They do still remember me and they still smile when they see me. So I guess that's a good thing. (laughs) That's nice. Yeah. No, that was that was uh, the minimum wage at that time was two dollars and thirty five cents. Wow. And I kept my first check paycheck, which was for eleven dollars and twenty five cents. And I thought I'm going to frame this someday until my (laughs) my mother told me that I'd really muck up their accounting system if I didn't cash the check (laughs) so then I cashed the check and probably spent it on something frivolous like clothes Mm. but uh yes working working at the bakery was was my first real real job in the outside world what about you well I also babysat I, I I did that for a long time and then my first job outside of you know working in someone's home babysitting or or cutting lawns or something was um I was a bus person at Big Scoop oh the mm. old ice cream mm-hmm. palace yes and what does a bus person at Big Scoop do well or I, did I cleaned tables mm-hmm. and washed the dishes uh because I was uh too short too little to <laughs> to do anything else, to reach anything else. And I was too young to waitress. It was like a stepping stone to waitressing. Uh, So I did that for a while. And then um, I think one day they were, somebody couldn't come into work. And so I got to work the front counter and I got to scoop ice cream. And were you able to reach the front counter? Well, hilarious. Uh, I was able to reach the front counter. I could only reach the closest buckets of ice cream to me. I couldn't reach 
reach the furthest buckets of ice cream. And I do remember somebody ordering bubblegum ice cream and that was in the furthest from me bucket. And um, I kind of almost completely tumbled into the freezer. <laughs> I can imagine what you'd look like with the bubblegum ice cream oh, all over your it was head the, and face. The blue bubblegum too. Um, it, was, uh, it was a fun job. How uh, long did you do that for? I did that probably... I'd say probably for a year, a year or two, uh, grade eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. And then after that, I worked at Zellers. Do you remember Zellers? I do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, sort of a department store. Yeah. Um, yeah. I worked in, and I know this is going to surprise you. I worked in frames and table lamps. Frames and that's a very specific department. <laughs> that's one department. Frames like small picture frames and table lamps. I don't feel like I learned much from frames and table lamps at Zellers, though. I don't. I don't think I have any uh, knowledge of frames and table lamps that I that I can share that I learned from that job. Um, I'm I'm guessing that you probably had more uh, learn more at the bakery than I learned at frames and table lamps. I did very well at the bakery. Yeah. I learned which items I liked more than other items. <laughs> at lunchtime, when you worked the Saturday, you mm. were allowed to make up your lunch with mm. whatever was there. It was also a deli. Fantastic. And so you'd try a little this, little that. And again, on the Saturday, because the bakery was closed on Sunday, uh, we Saturday girls were allowed to take home any of the items that would go stale before Monday. Wow. So that was the only day that I was collected at the store by my parents in the car, <laughs> who were very happy to receive the odd pie or cake or a loaf of bread or box of cookies. And then during the week after school, I'd have to take the bus up there. But it was it was a good job. It put me at, I started when I was in grade 11, so about 15 years old. And it actually put me through university. I did that job right through on uh, the weekends and mm-hmm. some other when I was not stud, you know, actually in school. So mm-hmm. during the summers and holidays. So I was at that job for a, a long, long time. And I think Working in retail, and I would think you feel the same Mm -hmm. way, it does teach you a lot. You may not learn a lot about tables, lamps, and orange chiffon cakes, but you learn a huge amount about interacting with people. And maybe, if nothing else, it makes you a better customer. Well, yes, you understand what it's like to deal with bad customers and what it's like to have, you know, to be that good customer service representative. I I think my takeaway from from my many different jobs from the days in at Zellers and Big Scoop um, to now would be when I'm thinking about customer service, I'm thinking that the person that's complaining or or coming in to exchange something or just needs some attention really wants to be heard and my job is to listen to them and make sure they know they're being heard and that I feel like it's kind of going away that good customer service um, uh, attitude and when you when you we've all been at the at the back end of you know I need to return something I need to complain about something I don't want to be mad or mean to the person that's on the receiving end I just need I just need somebody to help me out and so being on being that Receiving end, you want to be listening to the complaint, 
listening to the customer and trying to help them. And if you can't solve their problem, at least let them know they've been heard so that you want, they feel they've been understood. It goes a long way to diffusing any sort of Absolutely. anger or anxiety, uh, you know, with politeness, with courtesy, mm-hmm. with calm, as you say, listening. Oh. Uh, and and also accepting if there yeah. was a problem that you directly or indirectly yeah. were part of. And I think that sense of admitting fault yep. also goes a long way. And and then you get this turnaround. It's quite interesting to mm-hmm. see the, the, the perspective of the person change completely. Oh, there's so many times where I, you know, even today where I get a, a telephone call from somebody who's, they've had a problem somewhere down the road and they even accidentally get my number. Uh, in my work, um, not at home, um, <laughs> that's different, but in my work, I get a call, It's a, maybe it's a misdirected call, and I get it, and if I can help them, if I can help them solve the problem, if I can help them find out who, uh, who they should speak with, um, if I can get them the information, even if it's out of my realm of responsibility, if I can get them that information, um, I've diffused a situation. Um, they walk away feeling satisfied, or at least they empowered. And, uh, you know, I feel like, oh, phew, it, it makes, it makes for a better, uh, a better outcome than, um, somebody, you know, slamming the phone down in anger and you go, well, that's going to carry on. Where's that going to go? And you never know who else is going to be at the brunt of that. Yeah. And I, I think our, uh, interaction more and more with technology is perhaps impeding our interaction with people. We may not know how to act appropriately mm-hmm. or communicate as clearly with a real live person standing in front of us instead of a disembodied voice on the phone or even more disembodied uh, voice via internet or texting or whatever. Um, and I think I think every person should deal with the public at some point, yeah. ideally as a job, yeah. because there's a certain uh, um, energy that you bring to an actual formal position where mm-hmm. you're being paid and where your performance is being adjudicated in some way. Uh, but I think if everybody had to work with the public, whether it's in retail, whether it's in, in restaurant yep. or service industries, uh, we might be a little bit more accepting of some of the issues that we're coming across today, anger issues particularly. Well, I think we can learn, we can all kind of step back and learn a little bit more tolerance too. And that would make, you know, we've all had difficult situations. (sighs) Take a deep breath, move forward, smile and move on and then you know everybody walks away with they're, they're happier and maybe a little bit more satisfied it's it's hard if you're really <sighs> frustrated things have gone wrong all day long uh and then you come up to someone who seems to not be interested and then you go a bit ballistic yeah. and then you're bringing yourself into it and this other person may not actually be that way yeah. but you're then imposing that so it's kind of responsibility on both sides I find I get sometimes really frustrated and impatient and I have to then almost put a camera on myself and mm. say okay this is not looking good I can't I believe to. that you get that way oh that's very nice of you yeah, I d- I've, but I also wanted to share <laughs> just I don't know why this popped into my head but when I worked at Big Scoop yes 
I got so sick of ice cream. <laughs> my my favorite Sunday that I would make because you you're talking about the food that you got to take home from from your bakery. Um, uh, we were able to make our own Sundays. I made ice cream less Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> Maraschino well, cherries, chocolate sauce, and peanuts. Mmm. Well, you know, I had <laughs> cravings for every item in that bakery when I was not working. Of course. As soon as I was behind the counter, oh, that, or the counter, you know, I could have this or that for lunch. That would be fine. It never made a difference. But as soon as my shift was over, I'd go and think, oh, I really want this or this. What is it about dealing with food that we, I, uh, I wonder if we'd feel that way if we worked with diamonds. I'd like to try and find out. <laughs> Flotsam and Jetsam, part of the Ferrochrome Podcast Network.